0: i you to know, let it sit tomorrow. Okay, so, well, it's, uh, again, good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm thankful for everyone here. I just want to take a minute, too, just real quick. um, Again, uh, we're super excited that our house is under contract. Uh, Tim and I have been talking, and we're super, you know, we just want to get up here. And uh, I want to thank a few, just personally thank some people over the past few weeks. Uh, Brother Scott and his wife invited me up to their home, and want to thank you for having me up for dinner. It was really nice having dinner with you the other night and then uh the backers just last week had us over and uh got to spend uh some time with them. Price's took us out to dinner one night and we went back to our place and fellowship with them. And then last night we even got to uh have dinner with um Bill and Erica and that was really nice. Beautiful home. My wife tried to buy it from them. <laughs> so but they were having none of it unfortunately. So but uh, uh just we're anxious to get up here and be with our church family, and so just continue to be in prayer that we can find a home here uh, because it's it's not been easy. Uh, we've been looking at a lot of homes, we've been up here, where I want to be in and meeting people and seeing people, and we're running around looking at houses so um, but we did get the opportunity yesterday to go see uh, went over to the nursing home, popped in and saw Roy. Stole her for a little bit. We were unable to see uh, uh, Rosalie. They were getting ready to eat, but then uh, we did stop in and and uh, uh, I visited with Ralph Boma for a little bit. Stopped in and said hi to him. So, um, so we're uh, we're going to try to get in and see more people. Where that's something that's our goal is to get out and uh, and get into homes. We've even got uh, even got the chance. I think the first home we got into we got here was the Siemens went down and spent some time in, in Darby and, uh, you know, and praise the Lord. I'm thankful for a couple that's willing to drive that far to come up here and be in church and, and, uh, faithfully attending and, uh, piano player to boot So, so, uh, yeah. So thank you all. We're excited uh, again to just, uh, to get out and see more people. It is our goal to be in each and every one of your homes at some point And, uh, and uh and have all of you eventually into uh, one of our homes or tent where whatever we end up getting. So we'll see how the Lord directs. But if you would this morning there is a handout and if you have your handout, if you don't have one, please let us know. We'll get somebody uh um oh, yeah. So the pastor's wife doesn't have a handout. <laughs> Ill prepared. So no. She's uh come from or, uh, Sunday school this morning teaching the kids so that's good that's good but if you have your hand out you'll notice our text this morning we're going to be in Proverbs 2918 just one verse this morning but we're going to be talking a little bit about our vision for 2023 and uh, uh, revealing the theme but if you've uh, looked in your bulletin you've probably seen the theme already but let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer and uh, we'll get into this morning's message let's pray Father God, we thank you for your goodness. And uh, Father, this morning our focus is on the Word of God, on your Word, on its inerrancy, infallibility, the truth of your Word, how we can count on it, and how we need to make it our foundation. Father, I pray that's the desire of this church, to be founded on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and your Word. So Father, I pray now that you will just uh, use me And direct me and guide me this morning. Fill me with the Spirit. Use me for your glory, your honor. Uh, You must increase, I must decrease, Father. This isn't about me, it's all about you and how we are to reach this valley. So I pray, Father, that you'll fill us all with the Spirit. Use us mightily in this valley for your honor and glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs 29, verse 18. The Bible says... Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Happy is he. You know, uh, as we enter into 2023, into this new year, uh, the desire is uh, to go into this year with our theme, our new theme for the year, you know, we were... Tammy and I, when we first came here, noticed all that that Pastor Walker was really good about creating a theme that the church would uh, follow. Oh, my stuff is... I'm sorry. Um, Tammy, can you run and grab my mouse? I'm sorry. This thing is not cooperating this morning. Um, So... uh, the idea is that we want to uh, continue that theme Tammy it was one of the first things we said is do we continue to do that And my wife was like, "I like the idea of having a theme, something that we uh, we can focus on and we can keep our vision on and and so uh, with her help, we came up with uh, we feel the Lord has led us to uh, use the theme, thus saith the Lord. Now typically, I understand there would be a theme verse, uh, but thus saith the Lord, uh, those Specific words uh, are used 415 times in the Old Testament. Uh, so, and and then there's variations of that, you know, where we hear "saith the Lord" and and just you know the word of God, and it's 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 all over the Bible. And so, but the idea is that's what we want to focus on: is "thus saith the Lord." We will be focusing on the importance of God's word. Uh, as we enter into this new year, you know um, that I, I've stated and I made it very clear uh, when we came on that we were going to try to do everything biblically in this church. We were going to filter everything through the Word of God in order to uh, to assure that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing for the Lord. And uh, so we need to stay uh, grounded in the Word. Thank you. And so, with that... I clicked something, and what do you know? Um, so, we want to stay grounded in the Word of God. Thus saith the Lord. That's going to be our theme for 2023. Um, we need to be found on... Uh, we need a firm foundation, right? And there's no better foundation than the Word of God. Um, I love what uh, uh, Charles Spurgeon said. Charles Spurgeon once said, Thus saith the Lord is the only authority in God's church. Thus saith the Lord is the only authority in God's church, and therefore this will be the authority of this church. Uh, Again, I'm the under-shepherd. Jesus is uh, the chief shepherd. This is His church. This is not my church. And therefore, we're going to follow His word and, and... I'm going to be subject to his word, and we as a church should be subject to the word of God. So that, that's the focus here. That uh, you know, the the authority. We're under this authority. Why? Because without the authority of God's word, we will perish. We will perish. And that's what we look at our verse this morning. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he, right? And we see this word, the word vision. Where there is no vision, what is the Bible talking about here in vision? A lot of times this passage is used out of context. Uh, It is a great uh, passage to use to, you know, move into a new year, to talk about the vision of the church and what we're going to do in this coming year. A lot of churches use it for that, but they, they lose the focus of what we're talking about when we say vision. Where there is no vision, the word vision means basically, essentially, revelation. Where there is no revelation, the people perish. And understand that that word perish, that is not referring to the idea that uh, people die and go to hell. We're not talking about uh, lost people when we refer to the word perish. Um, the, uh, the verb para means to cast off restraint. You know, this isn't talking about people dying in their sin, but rather this verse is stating that without God's Word, people abandon themselves to their own sinful ways. You know, so the the revelation we're talking about is the Word of God. Where there is no Bible, where there is no Word of God, the people perish. And, and ultimately, you know, for a lost person, if they don't have the Bible, they can't know how to get saved, so they will die and perish and go to hell. Uh, because you must trust Jesus as your Savior to be able to go to heaven. So so in a way, that's the case. But in this case, what we're looking at it is in, in the church, or as saved people, that if we don't have the Bible and we're not grounded in the Bible, we are going to abandon uh, ourselves to our sinful lusts. We're going to do... Uh, That which is right in our own eyes. I love what D.L. Moody once said. He said, the Bible will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from the Bible. The Bible is the greatest tool in a Christian's tool belt. Yet it's one of the most neglected. The sad thing is, many Christians walk around with their shiny new Bibles. Oh, that's not new. I've had that Bible for 20 years. Oh, it's shiny and new, though. It's not a very well-used tool. One unknown writer said about the Bible, he said, this book is the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise. Believe it to be safe. Practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, and the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its grand subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, guide the feet, So read it slowly, frequently, prayerfully. It is a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory, and a river of pleasure. When you read that and you think that's what the Bible is, how important is the Bible to you? Do you reverence the Word of God? Do you hunger for it? Do you value this book above all else? This morning, I want you to notice with me two important alternatives from our text that demonstrate a cause and effect. And the first alternative is God's Word sidelined. Now, I want to point out, you'll notice that in your handout, you have four four points. Okay, Uh, And I I mentioned that we really have two. Uh, We really only have two points, but the way I broke it down is, we're going to have a cause and effect. So, points one is the cause. Point two will be the effect of that cause, and points three and four again are a cause and effect. So, there's really two alternatives we're looking at. Point uh, our uh, point one is the first cause, uh, is the is the first alternative. Point three will be our second alternative. I just want to lay that out for you. But our, our first alternative is that God's word is sidelined, and this is the cause, right? And What is the result of God's word being sidelined? There's no receiving. There's no receiving. I know you guys are out there sitting there, and he's like, he just said sidelines and receiving. Are we talking church, or are we talking about football? This is the last week of the NFL, and playoffs will be starting after this. But ultimately, to kind of tie it in, uh, the word of God is like a playbook for a football team. And the pastor is like uh, the coach of that team. And this is our team. And a lot of churches today have taken the Word of God and they've dropped it on the sidelines. They're not sending in the plays to the team and not teaching the church what they're supposed to be doing outside those doors. And therefore, it's, it's creating chaos on the team. Imagine a football team without a playbook uh, no, nobody running in a play to, the, to tell the quarterback what to tell them at the huddle. Uh, it's like, okay, everybody go deep. What's going to happen? Everybody's going to do whatever they want to do. Uh, if, if everybody goes deep, we're the linemen to protect the quarterback. If everybody goes deep, uh, you know, and, and your quarterback's going to be crushed everybody has a something they should be doing, or you know, and so the idea is that uh when when the Word of God is sidelined there 's nobody receiving the Word of god there's no receiving there. they have no open vision right First Samuel three one says, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days, there was no open vision. see the word of Lord, the word of the Lord. Uh, Thus saith the Lord should be precious to us today, because there is no open vision, there is no new revelation we can't uh, god's not going to audibly speak to us. The only way you 're going to know what God wants you to do is if you 're in the Word of god you have You have to be in the Word of God. God will speak to you through His word. But we, there is no new revelation. Everything that we are expected to have is all right here in the Word of God. Lamentations two nine says, Her gates are sunk into the ground. He hath destroyed and broken her bars. Her king and her princes are among the Gentiles. The law is no more. Her prophets also find no vision from the Lord. See, where there is no vision the people perish, right? They have no vision from the Lord. In the Old Testament, the prophets were thus saying thus saith the Lord. They were telling the people. And there's points where, uh, you know, when people weren't listening to them and they weren't hearing the word anymore. So why is God's word being left on the sidelines? Why is it happening like that today? They choose, uh, because people choose to follow the world rather than the word. People choose to follow the world Rather than the word it 's amazing that those two words are just one letter, one letter, the letter l that 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 changes the word to world makes us walk away from the world in word into the world, or we can remove that l and leave the world and walk in the word very close, but you either are in the word or you're in the world, and we 're warned by James. Uh, James tells us in uh, James four four, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore would be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Those are harsh words. You know, we live in a, we live in a country today, uh, we live in a world today, where harsh words, that's not nice. You know, i I, you know, I, I got to go get in my cry room because that hurt my feelings. You called me an adulterer or an adulteress. Uh, but we understand the word. God's warning us. This is for our good. He's not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. We need to heed the warning. Do not be a friend of the world, because if you are, you are an enemy of God. So there's no receiving, but there's also no revelation. No revelation. Understand that the Bible is God's revelation to man. This is everything we are going to get from God in this dispensation. As Baptists, we do not believe in new revelation today. There is no not going to be new revelation, new signs. Okay? Uh, Prophecies are being fulfilled. We can see that, you know, the Bible tells us what is good will be bad, and what is bad will be good. Wow. They were saying that a long time ago. And where are we at today? Cops are bad. Bad people are good. We need to have more, uh, you know, throw the cops in jail and let all the... But we need need to empty our prisons to make room for the cops. That's the idea that the world's throwing at us today. You know, God establishes marriage between man and a woman, but we're going to change that and do what we want. We're so rebellious to God that we even throw our... You know, we're, we're telling Him... Don't tell me I'm a man because I'm a woman. That's how rebellious we're getting in this world. So, because we have no revelation, it's God's, uh, we have, and uh, we have it, but it's sidelined. It's sidelined. God has given us everything we need to know about him uh, and how to be redeemed. If we continue to ignore God's Word, we will get exactly what we deserve. God will allow His revelation to diminish. Now, don't get, don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying God's Word is going away. We know that doesn't happen. God's Word will be here forever. What I'm saying is, He does allow it to diminish. Okay? And if you don't believe me, look at what's going on in the world today. Think about uh, how many Bibles are in a home today. How much access we have to the Word of God through the internet on your phone, you can access so much about the Word of God and know so much uh, looking up a verse somebody, "Oh wait there's a verse here. oh I'm pull up and let's google it right we can We can find anything on the internet it's at our fingertips. Uh, we have more Bibles at our disposal, yet we are totally ignorant to what is contained in them totally ignorant to what is contained in the Word of God. One would think we have more people reading the Bible than ever before. However, uh, going back, just say, a hundred years ago, the Bible was still being taught in our schools. People had the Word memorized and lived by what the Bible said. And many homes had but one Bible amongst the whole family. And they sat down and they read it together. As we continue to disregard the truth of God's Word, we will allow it to fade in our nation. And believe me, it is already happening, just like it did in the nation of Israel. Amos 8.11 tells us, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of the hearing of the words of the Lord. There is a famine in the, nation, in the United States today. The Word of God is not being heard like it was a hundred years ago. There may be more churches in this country than there has ever been possibly, uh, but many of these churches are not preaching the Word of God because they've sidelined it. And they're teaching feel-good messages. They're, 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 teaching, they're tickling people's ears with what they want to hear so that they can fill the pews and so that they, you know, it's, it's not souls that drive preachers today, it's money. We should be more burdened for the souls of this world than anything else. So what is the answer? How do we turn it around? 2 Chronicles 7.14, very common verse. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land oh but uh pastor jim that's old testament there that's talking to the nation of israel says if my people that's old testament that doesn't apply to us have you ever heard the word application you know if the if the old testament doesn't apply to us or you know because it's old testament then really uh then what uh Charles Stan- or Andy Stanley said, is that we should just disregard the Old Testament. We should unhitch from the Old Testament his words. But no, there's application here. If my people... Who do, we, who do we serve? Jesus Christ. Who are we called? Christians. Boy, you can find Christ in both those. If my people, which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face that's the key but we live in the United States of America we're a prideful people we live in the state of Montana we are a prideful people we love our state well we love everything about what god has done but we get prideful so we're not going to take the t- time to humble ourselves we're not going to take the time to pray and today christians are not seeking god's face well where do you fi- find it in the word of god This is where we find God's face. This is where we seek Him out. And we get to know Him and we develop our relationship with God. And if we will do those things, humble, pray, and seek His face and turn from our wicked ways, because we are wicked people and this is a wicked nation today. Uh, It's amazing what we have gone from. A nation founded on godly principles, truly blessed. But today we got to get back to America bless God. Because God isn't going to bless America much longer if we continue down this road. We need to turn from our wicked ways. Then He will hear from heaven and will forgive our sins and He'll heal our land. We must not think so highly of ourselves. And Americans think very highly of themselves. We must step out humility. Seek God's Word uh, in order to know how to live for God. So what then is the effect of God's word being sidelined? God's word's been sidelined. What is the effect? It is clear to see that the effect is God's people succumb. God's people succumb. This is the effect. The word perish in the Hebrew means to be out of control, running wild or exposed. <coughs> what we have are people that choose to turn a blind eye to the word of God. They are free to do what they want. They do that which is right in their own eyes. And this allows them to run wild. Remember the football analogy that I talked about. If, if you've got a playbook, but you don't send in any plays, these guys don't know what to do, so they just do whatever they're go- they want to do. And if our churches, uh, if people are just going to go to feel-good churches, uh, hyper-grace churches, where they tell you to go ahead and just live how you've always been living, because it's all covered under the grace, then that's what the mess we have today. We don't want to go to churches where they preach the Bible because they're too legalistic. They follow the Bible. Why would we do that? Because Jesus gave His life on the cross of Calvary for us. So what do we have here? We talk about God's people succumb. I want you to see an exposed people. And exposed people. When people get like this, it exposes them. It it gives the idea of being naked. Right? Revelation 3, verse 17 says, Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increasest with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. Man, that describes the United States so well. Life is so good in this country that our poorest of the poor would be wealthy in many nations. Uh, we look at, I I'm talking, these people that live in tent cities today, uh, a lot of them put themselves there, are willing to do that. They have money because they're, they don't want to spend it on a house and a car, and, and that they're, they're spending it on drugs. They're spending it on uh, what they want. On an addiction. Whatever it is. But we we get to this point of, you know, we, we say we're rich and we're increased with goods, but really, we have nothing. Because we don't even realize we're, we're naked and we're exposed to the elements, right? Um, it, it gives the idea that if one was stripped of their clothes and exposed to the elements. I mean, if I were to take off all of my clothes and step outside, I think I'd be aware of my situation, right? But to give you a picture of what these people are like, uh, I've experienced people that have been either so whacked out on drugs or so whacked out on alcohol that they walked out into negative degree temperatures and didn't even realize it until it was too late. Some of these people have died. I I remember reading about a a woman who left a bar in anger, and she was so inebriated, she left, and they they found her body three or four days later. She walked out into a field and froze to death because she was totally, you know, it, it was 20 below zero in Great Falls. And she just went out there and passed out. You know, and... That's the idea here is that you're going in, you know, we should know better, but we don't because we're so wealthy, so well off in this country that we look at what's going on in a country, all the entertainment and all the fun and everything that's going on and that's more important to us than digging into the word of God and finding out what he has for us. We don't have time for God's word because we're too much, too busy having fun. Uh, so it's the idea of being stripped without clothes and exposed to the elements. Or, or say, a, a soldier being stripped without his armor and, and exposed to the enemy. Uh, sending our troops. It would be like sending our troops into battle without body armor. Or our policemen, when they have to go into a situation uh, where there's a shooter and you don't give them body armor, they're exposed to that element, right? So how exposed is a place without Bibles? How, how exposed is a place without the Word of God? I think simply all we have to do is look at our schools today to see that answer. We demanded, and I mean the, the nation, demanded that we take the Bible and prayer out of school. And look at schools today. Uh, I I remember as a young kid, man, uh, growing up in Great Falls, we had guns in the gun rack in the parking lot at C.M.R. because after school we were going to go out go for hunting, or you, during hunting season some of us went deer hunting. We had high-powered rifles. We I remember kids walking around the school with with their their knives on their on their belts. It was a common thing. And now our schools, you can't have a kid with a plastic knife to cut their steak for lunch. Or they're in trouble. Because we have allowed, uh, with God, not in school, immorality is running rampant. Our schools today are, are just a mess because there is no word of God. And ultimately, when there is no word of God, it develops into a rebellious people. See, when man gets away from the authority of God's word, he has no knowledge of God, and it becomes easy for him to rebel against God, His word, and His Son. This ultimately leads to mankind becoming idle. We sit idly by. We, we you know, uh, you've heard the saying, uh, "When the cat's away, the mice will play," and we become idle. We don't have the Word of God. We don't have anything guiding us. or, or you know, And we don't have a care in the world about spiritual things. So once this happens, we ultimately become a sheep without a shepherd. And what happens to sheep when they don't have a shepherd? They're exposed to the wolves. Man is destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Those are scary words. We are a royal priesthood. But when we don't go to the Word of God, God says, you are not a priest for me. You are not a priest for me, and I will forget your children. Look at our schools. God hasn't forgot our children in school because He chose to. He forgot our children in school because we demanded it. We demanded He be taken out of schools. Who are we to be upset when we hear of children being shot in schools? We should be upset as believers. But those unbelievers who support that, why are they upset well where was where was your God to protect those children? Well, he wasn't in school because you demanded he wouldn't be there. You said that we shouldn't have the Bible in school. You said we don't need prayer in school. Well clearly we do today. Our nation is sacrificing our children to the gods of this world, rather than raising them to love the God who created this world. So this morning we noticed the first alternative is of sidelining God's word leads to his people succumbing to the consequences of that decision. Let's look at our next alternative, which is God's word sanctified. God's word sanctified. Sanctified defines is defined originally when we apply uh, this to our lives, means to set apart or uh, to make holy, right? That's what we talk about when we're being sanctified. But what am I talking about when I say we need to sanctify the Word of God? Uh, When applied to the Word of God, we're talking about a reverence or respect for the Scriptures. Do you reverence the Word of God? Do you reverence your Bible? Um, Let me ask you this. If you're sitting here this morning and Jesus walked through those doors and came in here and sat down beside you, what would you do? I know what I'd do. I'd be like, wow, Jesus. I'd have so many questions for Him. I would be like, would you come over for dinner today? I would really like for you to come over. I really want to get to know you more. I want to spend time with you, Jesus. As much time as I possibly can. Jesus doesn't have to walk through the doors. He's in your heart. And He's right here for each and every one of us to get to know. It's whether or not you choose to take the time to get to know it. See, the problem with the churches today is, Jesus could walk in, sit down right next to him, and they'd never recognize Him. That's what's scary about the churches in, in this world today. They don't even know the true Jesus. The idea is that we all have the ability, yet we squander it. We have the Word of God at our fingertips, and we fail to spend time in it. So that brings us to a, uh, this first sub-point under here, is that we need to, uh, God's Word, read. We need to be reading God's Word. That's how we develop that relationship. It all begins by simply reading the Word of God daily. And don't let uh, anything keep you from it. Make it a daily routine in your life. Nothing should keep you from doing it. We can all say we're too busy, but I dare say if you took the time to... Uh, To budget your time. You know, a lot of us will budget our money. But budget your time. Look at what you're doing. Lay out the hours of the day and write down. Keep a log of what you do in each one of those hours. I guarantee you'll find a fair amount of wasted time. The problem is we're to be redeeming the time. And therefore, make time for God's Word. Aren't you thankful Jesus made time for you on the cross of Calvary? If He can do that, the least we can do is get to know Him, spend time with Him. This is how we get to know Jesus is through reading His Word. This is how we grow spiritually. And as we sanctify the Word of God, as we reverence the Word of God, it will sanctify us. John 17, 17, Sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy Word is truth. We become sanctified, which means we become set apart, holy. We separate from the world. And we become that royal priesthood that God wants us to be. God's Word has a purifying effect on our minds and hearts. Scripture points out sin. It motivates us to confess, renews our relationship with Christ, and guides us back to the right path. Hebrews 4.12, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It will discern the thoughts and intents of your heart. That word quick means alive. The Word of God is alive. It is a living thing. It's it's the only thing in this world that can genuinely change you. So as we grow spiritually, we now realize we must now not only read it, but we must obey it. And that brings us to the next subpoint: point God's Word obeyed. God's Word obeyed. Luke 11.28 says, But He said, Yea, rather blessed are they that hear the Word of God and keep it. It doesn't say blessed are they that hear the Word of God. It says blessed are they that hear the Word of God and keep it and follow it, and obey it. So how important is, uh, is it to obey the Word of God? How important is it? I love what David Sorensen says in, in his commentary. He says, notice the emphasis upon keeping the law, which is obedience thereto. It is one thing to agree with God's Word. It is another thing to obey it. The focal point of blessing throughout the Bible is obedience to God, especially as recorded in His Word. And James 1.22 urges us, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Right? Because if you're just a hearer of the word, you're deceiving yourself. If, you're just, if there's no fruit, is there really faith? James is the one who challenges us. He says in the Bible, without faith or without works, you know, is faith dead? it's pretty obvious what do we mean by a dead faith? Is it genuine? Is it really there? And if we don't have genuine faith, we're saved by grace through faith. So if our faith is dead, are we saved? And that's the ultimate idea here is do not be deceived because I I dare say, if the rapture happens on a Sunday, I think there's going to be a lot of surprised people still sitting in their pews. Going to church doesn't make us Christians. Jesus Himself warned us. Matthew 7, verse 24-27. Therefore, whosoever heareth these, th- these sayings of Mine, His Word, right? And doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and it beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. See, he's telling us, you know, that to have a firm foundation, <clears throat> you can't just be a hearer of the word, you've got to be a doer of the word. And as I stated, if we're going to build God's church, we need to have a firm foundation and it needs to be the Word of God. But we can't just take a bunch of Bibles and lay it out there and then build a building on it. What we have to do is we have to obey it. We are the foundation. We are the foundation to build this church. It's up to each and every one of us to invite people to come to this church. It's up to each and every one of us to share the Gospel and get people saved. I've told you, I am not. it's not my goal to fill these pews with people from other churches. I want to get people saved, discipled, and growing in the Lord. That's how we build churches. That's how we build God's church. <clears throat> but it needs to be founded on the Word of God. It, it, it will only stand if we are obedient to His Word. See, God looks, he, he, he likes obedience better than sacrifice. There's a story once told of a businessman, <clears throat> well known for his ruthlessness, and he once announced to the writer Mark Twain, he said, before I die, I mean to make a pilgrim, pilgrimage to the Holy Land. I will climb Mount Sinai and read the Ten Commandments aloud at the top. Mark Twain sat there a minute and he thought to himself and he said, well, I have a better idea. You could just stay here in Boston and obey them. See, God would rather we stay put and obey His Word than to go make some big sacrifice thing and and show our knowledge of the Bible to someone. So what then is the effect of God's Word sanctified? The effect is God's people satisfied. You want to know true satisfaction you need to be in the Word of God you need to uh, you need to reverence the Word of God you need to love this book and if you do and you spend time in it and you 're growing and you're studying it and you're allowing you know uh I can't remember who it was that said it, uh, but I've used it as an illustration where a person said, you know, I've read through the Bible multiple times and I'm getting nothing out of it. And he said, well, don't read through the Bible. Let the Bible go through you. Live it out. be you know, It's just small things you can start with. And as is, is God will show you more and more of how you can live for Him, but as God's people are satisfied, notice here uh, in our verse, we said, uh, verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Okay? But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So we see a happy people, right? God's people are satisfied. We see a happy people. John thirteen seventy says, if you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. So you're not happy because you know them. You're happy because you do them. What? You know, um, one of the coolest things I did before I got saved, I I love to hunt. I love hunting. And uh, when I killed my first bull elk, which was my first elk ever, any elk, it was a pretty awesome feeling. It was an amazing feeling. But it paled in comparison to the day I got saved. Uh, The day I got saved was a whole different deal. And so imagine what it was like when I led someone to the Lord. It just, what a blessing. God saved me, and then He allows me to be used for Him to tell others about Jesus and to share my testimony and to lead others to Christ. I set out to be a blessing to someone else and God just blesses me even more. So we see that we're a happy people. When we, are, well, when we have respect for God's word like it deserves to be respected, only then will we know true satisfaction. Sure, lost people can be satisfied with their lives, but they will never know true happiness unless they are in the word of God. And ultimately, being happy, as I pointed out, there's the blessings of being in God's word. James 1.25 says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Look at that. Not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work is where the man gets blessed. You're blessed for doing the work. Not being a forgetful hearer. And I'm telling you, churches today are full of forgetful hearers. Most people walk out of churches today, don't even remember, by the time they've made it to lunch, don't even remember what the message was that was preached that, that morning. That's a common issue, you know. And, and uh, in some of these churches today, the messages are 10 or 15 minutes. They're just feel-good messages, and there's no sustenance to them. But if we do the work, if, if we're growing, we're hearing the word of God and it's being preached and, we, and we're not a forgetful hearer, but we're a doer of the work. We leave here knowing what's been ta- taught us, convicted by what God's doing in our hearts, and we go out and apply it to this lost world. There's the acrostic. I, I've used it before. Joy. True joy. You can know true joy but only if it's in, in the proper perspective. Jesus, others, you. Put Jesus first. Then look to others to see what you can do to be a blessing to them. Before you're concerned about your own self. The, the true, true love that God talks about is loving others like you love yourself. And boy, do we love ourselves. But we can know true joy, we can have happiness and receive the blessings from it. But only if we get into the Word of God and we reverence and we love the Word of God like we're supposed to. This morning we have learned how sidelining the Word of God has led to mankind succumbing to the consequences of that decision. We have also learned that when God's Word is sanctified, reverenced, made an important part of our lives, it will completely satisfy our every Need. We simply need to have a hunger for the Word of God and obey it. The French have a proverb which states, A good meal ought to begin with hunger. A good meal ought to begin with hunger. It is hard to enjoy a meal when you are not not yet hungry. But when you are hungry, anything tastes good. If we approach the Word of God with a hunger to be satisfied, we will be satisfied every day. There can be no spiritual growth without a hunger for the Word of God. And this is why I feel that God wants us to use, Thus saith the Lord, as our theme uh, for 2023. We must all have a hunger for the Word of God, then that desire to hear it will be there. And as we hear the Word of God, and we don't become forgetful hearers, but we begin to obey the Word of God, then we're out there being a doer of the Word. So, won't you make spending time in the Word of God a priority in 2023? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to offer a moment of invitation. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No looking around. I uh, just want think about this morning's message. The Word of God. Do you reverence it like you're supposed to? You know, if believer are you do you love the Word of God like you say you do are you do you you know you could spend more time in it you know uh you're not reading your Bible like you should daily if that's you this morning and you'd like me to pray for you if you just gently slip your hand in the air I'd gladly pray for you and amen amen hallelujah amen there's one here who has never trusted Jesus as their savior. If you never you're not 100% sure if you were to die today that you'd spend eternity in heaven. If that's you this morning, would you slip your hand into the air? I'd like to pray for you. As the the music plays this morning, this time is yours. I just take that time to seek out God, ask him what you can just go to him and let him know how much more you want to spend in his word in 2023 if you feel the conviction to come forward to an old fashioned altar please come forward don't don't quench the spirit be obedient to the spirit be obedient to his word